0: This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red Channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red Channel, ahead of the return of the Champions League. I'm your host, Matt Addison, and I'm delighted to say alongside me, I have Get Italian Football News Editor, Kaus Pandey, who is, of course, here to preview this huge game between the Reds and the European Giants, AC Milan, on Wednesday evening. A clash that I'm sure everyone is massively looking forward to. Kaus, welcome back to the Blood Red podcast. How much are you looking forward to the game and how big a deal is this fixture over in Italy?
0: Yeah, I mean... I'm pretty excited by it you look at the the international break which came about and I think it was probably the most boring international break I've had in quite a while uh, since it came after a couple of games and stuff but yeah um, the Italian media has been pretty much hyping up the Milan-Liverpool fixture just coming up Um, and in a way it means quite a lot for Milan actually Um, because not just because they are returning to the Champions League after quite a while but because a lot of their Players in the squad have never tasted Champions League football before, and you look at a player like Frank um, I mean, who, who's actually quite an established player. He's been linked with so many clubs, including Liverpool themselves, but he's never played in the Champions League before. So, yeah, for the club, for the fans and for a lot of players in that squad, um, it's, it's quite a privilege for them.
1: Yeah, it's been seven years, I think, since Milan were last in the Champions League group stages. It's been a long, long way back for them, and it's actually the first time that these two teams have, have met outside of a, a Champions League final as well. For for both of those reasons, it, it does feel like a a massive occasion for for both of these teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like last season where Milan faced Man United in the Europa League, and as big as big an occasion as it was. Um, at the end of at the end of the day it was about it was in the Europa League. And even though the game wasn't exactly too exciting, it had a fair share of controversies and stuff, but wasn't exactly a thrilling game of football anyway. But yeah, this season Milan are I think a bit better than they were last season. And at this point, for me, probably the best team in Italy on the basis of how the how the season's gone, how the last three games have gone and Liverpool, we know. Um, like Milan have probably been um, the best team in, in the Premier League so far um, probably combined with Chelsea and I think Man United are just a touch below them but yeah I think um, it's it's a proper contest
1: We'll come on to, to sort of Milan as, as a team, the manager and a few players very shortly but just before we do, another important thing to note I think is that there will be away fans at the game which is, is massive UEFA confirmed that a week or, or so ago and it just adds to the excitement, doesn't it? It means it means so much to have those away supporters traveling to Liverpool, coming for, for the first time since Liverpool played Atletico Madrid. It it just adds to what is already a huge game in a huge competition, the pinnacle of, of the European game, really.
0: Yeah, these are probably two of the biggest, biggest clubs in world football, along with Real Madrid United and all these clubs. And and to have that sort of a that sort of a game when um, we had uh, the impact of COVID and whatever whatever happened with the Super League and stuff. I mean, and of course Milan were intended to to be a part of the Super League, but to have them play in the Champions League once again um, before maybe in the future, we never know how the Champions League re, revamped itself and how the European Super League completely changes the landscape of football in the future. I mean, it's 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 going to be an occasion in a way.
1: Let's talk about Milan then. They've started the season really well as you say, three wins from three, only conceded once in that period. I think that's just including, you know, beating Lazio over over the weekend. It, it sort of seems like they've made the perfect start. They come into this one really in form and, and ready to, to take on Liverpool.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I think, as I, as I, just, as I just said, uh, they've probably been the best team in the league uh, so far. I mean, Roma, of course, top of the league. I'd still think that Milan are the team which haven't really um, shown off any of their weaknesses um, because we've seen Roma play Salernitana, who are a newly promoted side and we know Jose Mourinho likes to come up, come up against teams that play a higher higher defensive line which Sassuolo and Fiorentina essentially are but Milan have, have come against really good teams that that can play deeper than play higher up the pitch so yeah it, it's it's been quite a perfect start for them and um, the players that were expected to catch fire this season, um, they're catching fire now. Uh, like Sandro Tonali, Frank Kessier, who returned to action yesterday. He was pretty good, pretty much pocketed Milinkovic Savage in a way. Um, they had Ibrahimovic coming back into action and scoring. Giroud will probably be back again. So, yeah, they look pretty, pretty good.
1: That being the case, then, are you expecting them to come to Anfield and and attack and and go for it? Or how do you think they might set themselves up to to try and get something from this game?
0: No, not really. I mean, the way they like to play is pretty much transition-based anyway. Um, They're not a possession-heavy team. They're not a full defensive team. They won't sit in their own box or go narrow and allow the crosses to come in. They are pretty much a transition-based team who use that double pivot really well, um, make sure that Tonali and Kessier uh, win those, or Ismail benasser if he starts, use that uh, double pivot well, win the ball back and play it quickly forward. Um, I think a curious part of that is that they've got a bit of a lopsided system where they prefer to attack down the left much more um, with uh, Rafael Leao if he's playing on the left and Theo Hernandez or, or You got Ante Revic playing there with Theo Hernandez obviously bombing down the flank. Um, But their right side is pretty uh, pretty much conservative in a way. Um, And for example, last night we saw Alessandro Florenzi playing as a right winger when he's actually a right back, um, can even play in midfield. So, um, even otherwise, Alexis Salamakers can't play on the right, and he's also more of a Wing back. He's not a proper winger in a way. He's not the most attacking player in the world. So yeah, it's it's going to be quite a contest. Since we know that Liverpool like to attack from the right, and and since Milan like to attack from the left, so it's going to be quite an interesting battle.
1: In terms of, of the group in general, obviously Atletico Madrid, one of the, the favourites with Liverpool to get through, FC Porto, not particularly easy as well. What's the sort of view from from Milan in terms of, of getting through? Are they are they expecting to progress? Are they, are they sort of hoping to progress? What What's the sort of view given this is probably one of the more difficult groups, I'd say, that, that's been drawn out here?
0: Um, it's a bit like they're just happy to be there for the time being uh, because they know the clubs that are in the in the in the groups in their own group aren't the most easiest of teams that um, that they can come across because um, you know the level of Champions League has pretty much increased since let's say ten years ago or something when Milan was first there. Um, you look you look across the table where you've got all the groups that are in the Champions League this season, they are much more competitive. You can't really pick out one group out of them um, and say that it's an easier group. Um, so Milan, I mean, it's a bit weird for them since they are in a way still in a build-up phase, still in um, in, in, a, in a spot where they can still improve. They're not the finished product yet. And their recruitment has been, Focus more on the long term than the short term. They like to sign the younger players just so they can sell them on for for a profit. I mean, they've not done that yet, but they certainly have that plan. So, in a way, they're pretty much just happy to be there right now. Uh, and whatever comes after the group stages is pretty much a bonus, as things stand.
1: And in terms of of Liverpool specifically, then how are uh, Milan looking at, at Liverpool? Is, is Liverpool the hardest game or is atletico madrid the hardest game what what's the sort of view in in terms of coming to anfield it's obviously the first game of, of the group five more to come after it but is it the case that they'd really hope to get something or, or is it just almost a, a free hit for them
0: they are expected to go with the full strength squad um because as i said um against uh Lazio, they had Florenzi playing as a right winger when it's a bit of a bit of an unconventional thing to do and they essentially rested Olivier Giroud even though he came back from Covid he tested negative on I think Wednesday it was and he was expected to be in the squad but he never really played and he wasn't even on the bench. Ibrahimovic was reported in in Italy about again Wednesday or Thursday that Ibrahimovic uh, wanted to, to start against Lazio but he was on the bench so it just shows that they are uh, keen on preserving players, and even Ben Acer wasn't starting, and he's one of them, one of their most important players as well. So yeah, I think um, they've got. Um, they are looking to be a full-strength squad against Liverpool. Um, not really sure about Athletic Madrid, since Milan, and Roma, those funny clubs in Italy, who you never know when they they can their players can get injured or suspended. So, yeah, they're just probably trying to go game by game, uh, and I think. The feeling there is probably the fact that they can get something out of the Liverpool game uh, probably because they've wrested some players from Razio and also because uh, it's a Champions League game where with with the background of them having quite a good season so far and they are going into it with quite a bit of confidence. Behind Enemy Lines on the Blood Red Channel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You look through that squad and there are some some really good players. Let's let's have a quick chat about a few of them. I think it, it makes sense to to start with Frank Kessier. You you've mentioned him a, a few times, obviously been linked with Liverpool a, a fair bit. It, it's not that long ago that he was talking up staying At Milan for the rest of his career and how much of a dream it was but what's the latest on his contract situation at the moment it it runs out at at the end of this season that's why Barca and Liverpool and Tottenham and various other teams are are sniffing around reportedly does it make sense for Liverpool to to be interested and do you expect him to to move on this season?
0: Yeah I mean it's it's weird for him because it's stated that uh, milan have offered him a contract of about 5.5 million euros plus bonuses which will make sure that he earns about 7 million euros when Kessier and his agents wanted to be a guaranteed sum of seven million euros a season plus bonuses so and milan have not really shown any signs of meeting that valuation and i think the last meeting took place on about the 20th of august or something since then milan have been pretty dead silent in that regard and it's also been reported in Italy that PSG are keen on uh, meeting the asking price. Spurs have offered him a, a wage which he will be happy to play for. But there's also speculation that uh, if Milan uh, end up realizing that they can't meet the valuation for the new contract, they could well try to sell him in January just to make sure that they don't have a repeat of Gigio Donnarumma or Hakan Shalanoglu and they maybe just get five or six or maybe 10 million or something from its sale in January. But the funny thing in this is that a, a quite a reliable reporter in Italy called Antonio Vitiello, he, sport, he reported that um, Cassier's agent is trying to be a little cheeky in this one. Um, initially, um, the wage demands for the new contract were 2 million or 3 million, something like that. And when Milan accepted to pay that, pay that sum uh, his agent increased the demands once again it went up to about five or six and then Milan said we'll pay that but then again he, did, he increased the demands again so it's it's a bit funny in that regard but yeah it's it's still quite um, up in the air but as things stand it looks as if Milan could well be happy to sell him in January if if they can't um,
1: get him to sign a new deal do you think he, he would make sense for Liverpool? Is he a, a player that you could see coming to the Premier League and, and fitting the way that Jurgen Klopp's uh, system and, and formation is, is set up, do you think?
0: Yeah, um, I think uh, when Liverpool lost Gini Banalden, they pretty much lost an engine in their midfield. Um, I mean, I think Curtis Jones can probably replace him in terms of the progressive ability on the ball, but I think um, Kessier is that sort of versatile central midfielder who can play anywhere across the midfield, uh, which Wijnaldum was pretty good at doing himself. Um, and it was actually reported in, in Italy that um, Liverpool actually saw Castier as a backup or rotation option for Fabinho, which is interesting, even though Kessier is not exactly a pure um, defensive midfielder. But back at Atalanta, he could play right back. He could play as a auxiliary centre-back. So it just shows that he's quite a versatile player. And uh, since we see Fabinho almost dropping in as a centre-back in a, in Liverpool's build-up play from the back, um, or when the opposition come at them, Fabinho essentially drops in as a central defender, Kessie can do that. So yeah, I think if Liverpool get him for anywhere, uh, be it for free or 10-15 million in January,
1: I think it's going to be a brilliant move. Yeah, certainly one to to watch out for and I'm sure plenty of of Liverpool fans will be having a look at, probably for the first time in the flesh for for a lot of them. One of the players that we've seen a fair bit of, though, is Olivier Giroud. We've seen him plenty of times, scored plenty of goals against Liverpool. How big a signing was that for Milan? He's 34, but still very, very effective as a footballer.
0: Yeah, I think the key to that signing was probably the fact that uh, Milan knew that Latin Ibrahimovic is not going to play every single game. Um, we've seen that in the first two games where Ibrahimovic was injured. He has had those knee problems now ever since his United days. And uh, even last season he missed quite a few games and Milan just ran short of goals in a way where Ante Rebic wasn't great in the striker's role. Uh, Rafael Leao, is, he, Is quite hot and cold in a way. Um, When he's very good, he's really, really good. When he's poor, he's he's just pretty much useless in a way. So I think Giroud just sort of brings that um, reliability in that regard because we've seen for France, for Chelsea, for Arsenal that he's a 100% reliable striker, be it in terms of starting regularly, in terms of um, when the first choice striker is injured or when it comes to playing as backup. Yeah, it's it's quite a big coup for Milan, uh, for Milan uh, because he doesn't just offer you know, the goals um, when Ibrahimovic is not there. He also offers a lot of Champions League experience to probably, I think, the youngest squad in Syria. I mean, in terms of average age, I think Milan have got the youngest squad still. I think they had that. They've had that since the last two years or something. So, yeah, he's he's quite a good signing in that regard.
1: And Zlatan as well. We have to to mention him, obviously turns 40 next month so he's not playing every single week but would you expect him to to be starting against Liverpool is is this the sort of game that that he is sort of built for these days the the big ones the ones that that you want him to to be there or maybe will he come off the the bench
0: I'm expecting him to start even though it's reported that Olivier Giroud will be in the squad um he's completely recovered he's now uh completely fit but as I said, the the sole reason why Ibrahimovic was on the bench um, against Lazio is because they wanted to save him for the um, game against Liverpool and I think he scored against Liverpool as a Man United player and he's someone who in, especially in Serie A, he's someone who's always scored goals in the bigger, bigger games be it against Inter, against Juve last season, against Roma, against Lazio. So yeah, um, he's going to be massive because he doesn't just score those goals, he adds just a different tactical identity to that side. Uh, he sometimes just plays as that number 10, drops off, make sure that Leao or Rebic, whoever's playing on the right um, gets more room to operate in down that left side and make those runs in behind with uh, Theo Hernandez essentially playing as a left winger. Yeah, I think he's going to be pretty key for Milan, um, not just in terms of
1: goal scoring, but in many other regards. Sandro Tonali, as well as another one that's been linked with Liverpool. How good is he and and could you see him in the Premier League perhaps one day?
0: Um, This is actually meant to be his his season in a way. Um, Because last season he was on and off, um, had injuries and whatnot. He was inconsistent, maybe just had two or three great games. But since he's played um, from the first game onwards this season, he's been pretty good. And I think arguably Milan's best player this season. Uh Milan fans have been raving about him since yesterday because um we know the Andrea Pilo comparisons never never go away. And he's he's just um he's just become this mature player overnight almost because um Kessier wasn't uh fit when the season started, Benasse wasn't uh completely fit either. And he just he just carried that midfield for the first two games in a way. Uh, and it just shows that he's matured already um and when it comes to seeing him in the premier league i think i think man united did try to sign him last summer um uh, when they had a bit dejected but uh, he always wanted to play in italy um uh, even though inter wanted him um antonio conte just wanted to sign arturo vidal and get done with things instead of signing someone younger he wanted a much more mature player and uh tonali is a milan fan he's doing pretty much what he's always wanted to do, uh, step into Andrea Apriolo's shoes um, and play regularly for Milan. So I don't think he's someone who's destined to play in the Premier League anytime soon. He's
1: pretty much there to stay for quite a long time. Yeah, certainly a, a very... Very good player. Just to to finish, then, we'll speak about Stefano Pioli as well, the, the manager. He's someone that, that interests me. He's been there two seasons now. He's obviously managed in, in Italy before. But how is he getting on and, and how good a manager do you think he is? I suppose, it is the Champions League a, a big test and a big step up for, for him as much as, as for the Milan players?
0: Yeah, I mean, when he was initially appointed by Milan, there were big doubts about his ability uh, because back at his former clubs, there were times when... It seemed as if he's going to take those clubs to the Champions League, get them to European football. But in the last few game weeks, it just all fell apart. um Even though his former Lazio and uh, Fiorentina were pretty good teams on paper, but just at the end of the season, they just slipped away for some reason. And he's never been seen as that uh, Max Allegri uh, sort of coach, or Antonio Conte, or maybe uh, Luciano Spalletti type coach who manages the biggest clubs and takes them to european football so it's a bit of an uncharted territory for him um and i think when you consider the fact that he took milan to second and in a way uh he was uh, milan were inter's closest title challengers on um, i mean in that sense they were pretty far from realistically competing with inter when the season ended but yeah um it's a bit of a uncharted territory for him um he still got his critics but i still think um that he's the sort of manager who at this point deserves more respect than he gets. Um, because he's what he's doing with Milan He's doing that with quite a young side. Um, and Milan have now become a team who thrive on playing in the bigger games, which pretty different from how it was before Paoli came in, they had these managerial merry-go-rounds and probably for the first time in quite a few years that Milan seemed to have a lot more stability than the last, uh, than, than, Post Allegri in 2013, so yeah, it's people need to give him a lot more credit than they do. But uh, I can see why there's still doubts about why he's maybe not the coach who can take Milan all the way in in Europe or or uh, in Syria. But yeah, um, he's pretty good. Uh, if 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 there's any comparison that I would make in terms of um, an English equivalent of the Premier League, I'll probably compare him to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because you know he. Has his critics, but you just can't deny that he's done quite a good job, um, with sometimes limited resources, with limited time, with quite a young squad. He's given them an identity. So, yeah. Um, he's, he's pretty good at this point.
1: Yeah, Certainly plenty of interesting players and interesting managers on show then on Wednesday night and it should be a cracking game between the sides but that just about brings us to the end of this podcast. Thanks very much to yourself Kaus for, for joining me. Just before we finish I will ask you for a score prediction for the game. I think I'm going to go for a 2-1 Liverpool win. I think they'll just about edge it. The Anfield crowd helping them to, to get over the line but how do you think it, it might play out? Yeah, I was going to say 2-1 now, but since but since you just said 2-1, I'll probably say 2-0. Uh,
0: not because Milan can't score goals or anything like that, but just because it's the Anfield factor, I think.
1: Yeah, certainly. I'm sure Liverpool fans would certainly take that. And of course, we will see what happens. You can follow it across the Liverpool Echo, Liverpool.com and Blood Red, of course, in all of the usual places. For now, though, from myself, Matt Addison, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now
0: you've been listening to the behind enemy lines podcast on the blood red channel